Hi, everybody, and welcome to the second episode of Triumph Over Trauma. Today, I have the most beautiful lady called Lydia. Myself and Lydia connected on Instagram, and I just felt such a soul connection to Lydia. Uh, Lydia, too, has lost her beautiful Erin, her daughter, um, who is now in spirit. And Lydia just has the most beautiful outlook on life. But it hasn't always been that way. Lydia has braved every single element in this life. And I just knew I had to have Lydia on here to give you all hope and inspiration. Because when you hear what Lydia has been through and where she is now, it would give anyone hope that there's something bigger within you and she is just the most gorgeous soul. So thank you, Lydia, so, so, so much for being on the podcast. Wow, Kieran, thank you so much. Thank you. What an introduction. Yeah. Oh, no, I could I could go You're on. so kind. Mm. And, you know, it's been so fabulous connecting with you, too. It yeah. really has. Like, as I said to you before, it was meant to happen. Yeah. Um, you know, it was meant to happen and we connected for yeah. such a divine reason and good reason. You know, everybody connects, everything's energy. And I really believe that people synchronize with each other for a really kind of higher, higher being, yeah. higher power, yeah. Yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. And definitely. Mm-hmm. And I was saying to Lydia before she came on that I believe her beautiful Erin and my beautiful David are up there. And we did a little meditation where we kind of called them in and, yeah. you know, to give us, you know, whatever we need to to have this beautiful um, soulful discussion. Yeah. So, yeah, Lydia, you've 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 been through a lot, haven't you? Um, yeah. And this podcast is called Triumph Over Trauma. So I'm just going to hand over to you now to to share a bit about your journey, if that's okay. Perfect. Perfect, Kira. So um, I suppose, you know, everyone in some part of their lives has, you know, come across some sort of trauma. And I suppose what I'd like to say is, even though I'm sharing my story, it's we, we're devils for comparing. Okay, so even anybody that's listening to this is acknowledging the trauma, not the story. So acknowledging the nervous system, not comparing to somebody's story is bigger. I haven't got a right to say because you perceive it as bigger. So I just want to call that out. And it's something that's really important to me that your trauma is your trauma. And that you do have the ability to heal, but never compare and never feel inferior to somebody else's story. So just before I I, I, I think that's so important. Um, so, yeah. So I suppose I'll step in. Um, so it began. Well, I would have been always kind of a very fearful child. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm very kind of highly sensitive and I always was. And I only learned that. I suppose, in my adult life, I understood it, let's say. Um, but coming up to 2005, um, I gave birth to my firstborn, my little girl, Erin. And um, I was 21 at the time. I was very young. And um, I had to grow up very, very quickly. 
Um, so when I gave birth to Aaron, Aaron was taken off us straight away. Um, they, I noticed very, very quickly there was something wrong. And you know, like, you know, parents know when you're, when you're in labor, you're like, you know, you think, oh, I can't wait for them to walk and, you know, say mommy and, you know, a new parent stuff. You're just, you're just all excited. But I knew very quickly something was really wrong. So, you know, they were dealing with me, whatever, and took Aaron off. And if we fast forward a bit, it, I suppose as soon as I gave birth to Aaron, she was having seizures straight away and she was in distress and wasn't breathing properly. So they said they had to take her off to Skaboo, which is an ICU in the Midlands for babies. So I was quite upset, but still kind of, you know, but like labor is traumatizing anyway, as in, you know, you're going through your whole body's cordon and you're trying to get the baby out and you're trying to do it safely and love and everything else. So I was kind of all very confused. But anyway, um, we end up spending a full year in the hospital and we only got her out for one day. Um, so I remember I was so excited. People were ringing at that time. Loads of people was allowed to visit and they were visiting me with me baby outside me with the baby in Skidoo. So that was Aaron. And I was trying to kind of, I didn't understand. It I felt all very fast, but they brought me down to her and I got very frightened because it was all these machines and tubes and everything coming over. And I was like, oh, what's going on? Like, you know, what's going on? Little did I know the level of information and how my life was going to change because I was so excited. Um, I might get emotional a little bit, but I was so excited. You do whatever you need. Yeah. I was so excited to give birth and know, like, I knew when I got to hold, I did get to hold her. Yeah. And you know the way we speak about gratitude and heart coherence and yeah. your heart force and open. Yeah. I never got a feeling. <clears throat> okay. I never got a feeling. Um, I love this child so much. Like, it's just, I understood in that moment what unconditional love was. And especially that I was always kind of a sensitive child. You know, I was so grateful that, like, oh my God, it's me and you. And, you know, you're mine and I'm going to mind you and I'm going to love you and I'm going to, you know, it was like, even though there was chaos going on, I was lost in that moment with her for just a few moments I got to hold her. And I was like, no matter whatever happens to me in life, you know, because everybody has their little traumas when they're younger yeah. too, or, you know, their hearts. I'm, you know, it's not possible for me to ever hurt you or you to hurt me. And, you know, it's just this forcing of unconditional love. And it's just, it was a safety. Yeah. And it was just like, oh my God, like I, I can't explain. I wish yeah. I could put it. It's just a knowing. It's a knowing, Kira. It's a feeling. It's a body experience. Yeah. And my body, I could feel my body experience it. And I was like, I'm going to love you forever in a day. Yeah. And she's going to love me unconditionally, yeah. you know? So, that that that's that's basically what I felt but then things hit quickly as I said um so I was taking a lot of information in and she'd have up to 50 seizures a day I you know I didn't just I don't have epilepsy I didn't I had to learn a lot but I found myself very very calm okay and just the, all of a sudden I had teams of doctors explaining all about genetics and 
you know, so basically, you know, throughout Erin's life, like she never walked, she never talked. Um, she had severe developmental delay. So even though she lived until she was a month off nine, she was like a baby of nine months old. Okay, developmentally. But the very special thing, and this is why I get upset even telling the story of the start, because Erin was like a forever baby and she was a joy to be around. And I'll speak about the neuroscience after, but I remember when I was learning neuroscience, it brought me back to my journey with Erin. How, so we know we love energy, okay? We can yeah. talk about all Damien and you, okay? But it's the communication piece in the unsaid. It's the connection and the knowing. So people would say to me, but well, Lydia, how do you know something's happening or before it happens? Or how do you know she's hungry? Or how do you know, you know, when she was older, I would know it's through the eyes. It was true. He would always say, I'm quite animated. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm quite expressive. Yeah. She was the exact same. Yeah. So it's reading someone and communicating and connecting with them and, and on a soul level. So you can connect more and communicate more in my experience. And this is just in my humble experience. What's so sacred about that connection with me and my daughter is that we connected with what wasn't said. Yeah, so powerful, isn't it? And the love. And that really brought me to a place when I was getting counselling after. I always said, I always felt like we were one. Mm. And that's hard for someone to perceive that you know isn't on the journey yeah, yeah. that we're on and I don't mean that in a condescending way it's just I understand it now more that I've done the work is that on a soul level on an energetic level you can completely communicate mm. and communicate and you you don't have to describe the love you don't have to be able to describe it it's a knowing so the connection between me and her was just like a soul contract just knowing we just knew I'm here for you 100%. You're, you know, it was like, I, you are this precious thing, do you know? And I used to say to Mammy, Mammy, thank God she's mine. What if she was somebody else's? Do you know? I used to say, I'm so grateful. Like, I have to look after her the best. And I want to always enable her and, you know, as much as I could and stuff like that. So, yeah. So it was just, I can't describe the love. Mm. And, and, and I have two other children and I love them as equally. Of course I do. But it's a very special thing where I could have chosen to felt sorry for myself or feel sorry for her I never felt sorry for her and she didn't need to communicate she was celestial she was like she didn't need to do anything she commanded a room by just being in it yeah I'm sure no. she brought healing I'm sure as you said she brought her energy everywhere she went oh absolutely and like she was the glue that mm. brought everyone together and taught everybody love. Yeah. Like my house was just so alive when she was alive. Everybody was always there. And they'd come to see Aaron. Like my husband, even on my on my wedding speech, was like, so you know, like <laughs> who married me and he would but he just spoke about Aaron on the oh, speech. And he yeah. was like, So I love Lydia because of Aaron. He was able to tell everybody the minute he stepped in and fell in love with her. Wow. you know where he was nervous because he never had anybody sick in his family but like she was you know she used to dribble yeah he couldn't he couldn't he couldn't leave her with a drool yeah. so he wiped her and he said in that moment when he just what you know just cleaned her drool yeah just in a second 
he fell in love with her wow. and he wanted to mind her forever yeah Do you know so yeah so look at I suppose as the journey went on more problems arised so she had like three chromosome disorders okay so six and nine she had a balanced translocation and then a chromosome one she had 250,000 extra of normal DNA okay she had up to 50 seizures a day she couldn't walk she couldn't talk um she suffered from chronic debilitating pain like daily and it just got worse and worse and when she was five all of a sudden she couldn't hold anything down anymore food it just happened overnight she went down to do stone um and we had to get i had to we'd make a decision obviously with a lot of teams and a lot of conversations about doing an instance fundification and that's basically closing off this you know apron that esophagus to the yeah. stomach so she couldn't vomit anymore to try and keep her alive yeah. and now peg feeding her mm. so it went very downhill from there yeah. you know, the operation saved her and she did get some relief um but the the, the chromosome thing she had you know it was always going to happen do you know so i used to have this reoccurring dreams especially in the last two years she was very palliative so we lived more in hospital than at home and that was our reality okay but people always said to me Lydia how did you not have anxiety then people just couldn't get it they couldn't get how I wasn't anxious I was always so happy I was every day was a good day if Aaron didn't have a pain if Aaron didn't have a seizure it was an amazing day so to say that we lived in gratitude and Aaron was this like bright light in our home, it, that's truly simply what it was. Wow. And if she didn't have a pain, if she didn't have a seizure, it was an amazing day. You were so grateful and you say, oh, thank you, God, thank you. you know, she's as a rest today, you know, you know, whatever. But she got very worse for, for, for the last two years. She was completely palliative. Before we knew it, she was on 45 syringes of medication a day. Our, sh- our shortest days in hospital then would be four months living in our ladies in Crumlin, Temple Street. The staff were amazing. The doctors were amazing. Um, I, my, both of my pregnancies, I mostly was in our ladies and I decided to have the children in Hollis Street because it was just over the bridge from Crumlin yeah. Hospital. No. Um, but yeah, it was, when I look back now, it was, it was, all very fast and the level of information and, and, and the level of pain and stuff that was happening daily, it was just a lot. It was hard to keep up, but I was in and we were doing it and that was it. And the agenda was always to keep her well mm-hmm. and as enable her to be as comfortable and as well as possible. It was the biggest joy yeah. to everyone. She really was, you know. Um, so, yeah, so yeah she's our ladies was very good um but I suppose coming up to then she was slowly slowly going downhill did we realize it at the time no because Erin all our life was just always fighting to stay alive and that's all we were used to you know we used to be told that she won't live past 10 or she won't live past five or she won't and she always did and doctors always said she always re- there re- was re- fight in her like she was so that's all she knew how to do sadly oh. that's all how she knew how to do was to fight to stay alive and but she did it so gracefully 
you know, and teaching us. And I always say she was our biggest teacher. She was my biggest teacher. She was my, my life mentor. She was my soul mentor. She mm. was my everything mentor. Mm. She was my biggest teacher and still is to this day. And even when you talk about like, you know, there was so much change happening and you spent so much time in hospital, yet you can, there's so much love and gratitude. Yeah. And, you know, you can, you can feel it even, you know, it's vibrating from your words and, and she was teaching you that. Yeah. Yeah. She was teaching me that. And if, if you really strip what she really taught me was, you know, we can always tend to strive and look outside of ourselves and stuff like yeah. that. Life is very simple. Yes. Yeah. Life is so simple. And it's, she taught me to really look at the simple things in life. Really look at the simple, being grateful for the moments you have with your family. Be grateful for the love. Be grateful for today. Be grateful for connection. Be grateful for your heart. Just the gratitude, I can't explain. I just can't explain it. She really was our teacher. And you could never be feeling sorry for yourself. Feeling sorry for yourself wasn't a thing because my whole life was about her and I was just always grateful that she was by my side. Yeah. Do you know? And I always believed she was from, she was sent to me. Mm. She was sent to me. And I I found out after this, seemingly it wasn't the first lifetime. Wow. Yeah. No. Um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just a whole world of gratitude. And it, I always kind of, as I said, I felt like she was my mentor, even though she was my child. Mm. As I, I had to grow very quickly. Um, and she really allowed me to step into love and gratitude and and um it's just happiness for the simple things day-to-day life you know so yeah mm-hmm. you were so young as well weren't you yeah so young I was I was 21 and you know when you're 21 you don't think yeah. you're young like you think yeah. you know everything I was fairly grounded in a second yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know I was fairly grounded in a second um but yeah I was fairly grounded in a second and like that I actually don't know I didn't know my nervous system was in fight or flight all the time because it was always a threat of death yeah there was always a threat of death her pain was always unmanaged and the medication kept going up and up and up and when you're on so much medication your body gets resistance to it mm. do you know yeah. so look at bringing it up to I suppose when she was dying so we had Disneyland booked and um, she loved the Mickey Mouse clubhouse she loved the music. She loved music, frequency, energy. This is why I love yeah. her. It was the frequency. It was the energy. It was the undertones. It was the binaural beats. And she'd shake her hands and be like, doing the gaga and the babbling. And- so she could show you when the music her. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I, like, I idolize music. Like, yeah. I use it as a tool. I just, I've always loved it. I loved it when I was small, everything like that. Yeah. But she you put music on and she would lift the place up and you'd be dancing with her and everything like this, you know, the free, but she really tuned into frequencies and, yeah. you know, and me and my husband always say, when we hear a tone on the radio, oh, that's an air and tone. Wow. Yeah. You know, that it lift you up. Yeah. You'd hear, you'd hear it like, you know, but so many times in that two years she was dying yeah. really from birth, she was always yeah. dying. And yeah. then like the doctors would be like, Oh my God, like CPR. If Aaron was here today, 
okay? And I was talking to you. My husband's coming and go, Lydia, sorry, Erin's in a cardiac arrest. Oh, she's having a bradycardia attack. And I'm like, here, just pause, I have to go. And I'd be doing CPR, ringing the ambulance and saying, okay, Erin's uh, back in a cardiac arrest here on the way. And I'd be there doing cardiac arrest. And what I thought was calm, I would be calm. And if anyone was panicking, I'd be like, no, get them out. You yeah. just have to concentrate on her and get her back. She'd make a fool out of everybody. She, by the time you'd get to the hospital, she could be, everything could be flat. And then in a second, she'd sit up and be with, and look for the suitor. And, and the doctor would be like, Lydia, what was going on? If yeah. their machines weren't there and we didn't see this, yeah. we'd say, you're mad. Yeah, Do you yeah. know? Yeah. Um, she just had an insane ability to, to, to be resilient and come back all the time. So up to 2014, um, she was dying the month before. And we had to have the conversation about did we want CPR? Um, just a minute. You take um, your time. Yeah. And even that, like, we have recordings saved on Sky Digital where RTE was interviewing us. So we're on the telly a lot and in the papers a lot with her. She was well known, like, she, there, there was a big page where she had justice for Aaron. I won't go into that, but she lost her medical card near the end and there was a big protest or whatever. But um, we had to have the conversation. Did we want to resuscitate her again and stuff like that? So that was very difficult. Um, But the wish was, and collectively with her team, that if she was going to die, to die at home because she was all her life in hospital. So the month before she was presenting as dying, palliative care was in. And she came back again. Wow. <laughs> 10 days, she was unconscious. She had no medication. She didn't need it. She was just sleeping. And we were preparing for her to go. Mm. And she came back. Wow. But my cousin, we didn't get to Disneyland because we were supposed yeah. to go with her. But my cousin organised Disney to come to our house for her. He organised, and it, it gets so emotional. <laughs> my cousin Derek, he did just such a lovely thing. And this is what family did with Erin like you know she was just a beacon of love and everybody loved her and we everybody we wrangled the family together and we did a Mickey Mouse and the mascots came in and everybody brought a Mickey Mouse present and we danced and we did everything and it was a most beautiful day and everybody had a big board and this like, was all at your 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 at house, my house. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. and she absolutely loved the day and her sisters were there. Amelia and Casey were born at the time as well. And Casey loved it as well. And Amelia was only Amelia was only six months old. And um, it was just the most profound special day ever. And everybody was there that was in her life, and it was gorgeous. So she had a real sword and had, you know, no pain for a couple of days. And then the next month to the date, she went downhill again. This time it was severe. We couldn't manage her pain, so. No medicine, as I said, 47 syringes medication, no medicine was working. So we had to put she had to go on three subcut machines. So I didn't realise again that she was dying. I just thought they were trying to manage her pain. She was dying. Yeah. But again, because all she knew and her heart was young was to fight. So I won't go too much into it, but she didn't have the greatest leaving in this earth. She was very uncomfortable. So I think the trauma was more so, I'm so happy she's free. Mm. But where the trauma came from was her suffering. 
know. And she went. And I couldn't believe it because she was always dying and she'd always come back. But when they pronounced her, I was... And they, you know, the North, her North was unbelievable. Carmel, I love her. She mammy, but she was amazing. And Aaron loved her. And I think Aaron waited on Carmel. We had another nurse. Yeah. Carmel was the night shift. Was she until Carmel was there? Yeah, she waited till Carmel was there. Carmel was just this amazing woman. Carmel used to lie down with her and everything. She was a gorgeous woman. Real mammy, like. And um, mammy always said, I think she waited for Carmel for you and for, you know. And Carmel pronounced her. And I was like, no, no, she's going to get up now because this is what she does. Yeah. But she didn't. And whatever happened then, I kind of just, I don't know. I don't know what happened. My family told me what happened to me, but whatever. So bringing it up to two years, okay, I was just, I don't remember the two years, if I'm honest. Um, I did my best, I my best foot forward. I had two other beautiful kids to look after. I had my husband there, I had an amazing family and friends. And I, little did I know that my nervous system was still in fight or flight. I was still operating that way. So I ended up, on our, after a two-year anniversary, having a massive breakdown. And I was put into hospital and um, I was diagnosed with severe PTSD, comorbid grief, generalised anxiety. Um, there's so much more. Um, I just went into psychosis and stuff like that. And they just said, we need to shut our brain down. Because I just had hallucinations of her burying her and everything like that because well, I used to have a recurring nightmare two years before she died of her funeral and burying yeah. her yeah and that was my worst nightmare and then I had come through yeah where I'd lost a lot of people no more than anybody I'd lost mm. a lot of close people in my life but when they took their last breaths I imagined them just going to heaven mm. where with Aaron because I was having the recurring I was like I have to bury her I don't want to bury her do you know so anyway yeah I had the severe PTSD and the trauma was debilitating like that was the suffering that she went through. So my brain caught up with itself because the nine years went so fast that there was always something going on and there was always a threat and there was always a sickness. There was always the next thing, the next thing, the next thing. My brain didn't have a chance to catch up and it took two years. So say the clock is here. I wasn't able to read the time for two years. I'd be like, oh, it's Lamictal time. It's Zonagrin time her medication times yeah yeah even after she died I'd be like oh I just get up now and I, I get Aaron's medication and my family would be like she's not here Lydia you know and then I'd be like oh yeah do you know mm-hmm. and you'd go over it again so my brain didn't cop it so I had the breakdown and then um after the second year anniversary spent time in hospital they were amazing I was on a lot of medication and then um came out of there and I was on my medication and I was trying to do all the work and you know did counseling and stuff like that and then just the hallucinations I didn't sleep for six months and the psychosis didn't go away and god love the psychiatrists and psychologists they couldn't shut my brain down I just no matter what medication I was on tranquilizers I was on everything sleeping tablets I just couldn't sleep my brain was that yeah, you know, yeah. I was that much in my nervous system. So, um, unfortunately, I was so traumatized. I overdosed twice, and like Colin, when, when 
sometimes there can be a bit of judgment with that. You're not there. You're not here. You're not thinking rationally. It takes a second. You're just so exhausted and tired and in pain. So I did that and, and I realized I'm on a mattress on a bed. You know, those mattresses that go up and down and yeah. free circulation. And I was like, right, Lydia, I know what's happening. There was a big lion in my mind roaring at me mm-hmm. to face it. Fighting. I needed to surrender. Mm-hmm. So that was the day I woke up and surrendered. Wow. And even, you know, everything you've shared and I'm just here, you know, like your body was in so much trauma. That was your body's way. Would you believe that now? Like, absolutely. That was the only way your body knew how to process all this trauma you had you had been through. Yeah. So my nervous system shut me down. Yeah. So the computer switched off. Yeah. So, you know, it, 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 it was it, it's like operating so the way they explained it to me is after and I had to do rehabilitation for everything to you know when yeah. my husband was great he took time off and he was given time off and he looked after me and, and the rehabilitation was amazing in the hospital but what happened is now and I'll speak about that in a while with the, what I understand now and it was fascinating mm. is you know we all hear you can literally get sick from an overwhelmed nervous system we mm. see it so many times okay but you can also heal yes so what was how I was operating was burying I was burying everything I was perceived and I put myself always in in the in the role of the strong one and the strong one yeah don't you can't you can't fall because everybody perceives it to be strong mm. so I was all these roles were all these masks so the day I woke up and surrendered was like right face the lion that's there roaring at you mm. open the dam you know a water dam I always yeah. say to my clients let it release because if you're filled with water and you're off the top of your head and you're pushing 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 it's an explosion and your nervous system feels it where if you let it flow and let it flow and let it flow and surrender there's room that if you get blindsided to come up again so yes my nervous system like a computer mm. malfunctioned Okay, so I really, really looking at my door, I knew she was scared mm. because I didn't know my face was all hanging. I didn't know this. Mm. So that was, as I always say, that was the day I woke up. Stop fighting. And I said, I have to stop fighting the day you need to surrender. But then my brother brought me in a documentary called Heal. I'm sure people have heard of it. Yeah. And I kept watching it and watching it. I knew I had to go in a new direction, but I, it hit me. It was like something sparked in my brain. I needed to understand my nervous system. And I needed to do tools. I needed to implement something. You can learn all about your mind. You can learn, 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 learn. But I had nothing to do. I couldn't understand myself. I didn't understand myself or how my nervous system was. So I started getting a finding a love for neuroscience. So to spend the healing work, Reiki, um, energy, really looking into energy. I was obsessed um, and then that brought me on to college and um, I rewired I remember in the ward going to the neurologist I'm going to walk out here on Aaron's anniversary and they were like well I have to tell you you're so positive <laughs> I was like yes yes I am I visualized myself walking out of the hospital 
and the, the day Aaron's anniversary came, now I couldn't even wiggle my toe. But it didn't yeah. matter. I knew I was going to go forward. Okay. You know. mm-hmm. Okay. And, you know, even going back to that surrendering, do you believe when you surrendered, it opened the path for you to find, I suppose, the neuroscience and the Reiki and even that, that, that film Heal? That when yeah. you let something bigger than you and say, actually, I need to do, I need to let go. I need something more. And yeah. then was it nearly like a channel opened up and things just started being put on your path? Absolutely. That's absolutely it. So, you know, when you surrender, it's like, okay, you really have to take a long look at yourself. Mm. And I just thought it's not working. Yeah. So now I have to choose. Yeah. And that heel documentary prompted me. There's other ways where I wasn't, I wasn't aware of the holistic side. I wasn't aware of natural ways. I wasn't aware. So it's all about the awareness, really, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. So I'm yeah. so grateful to my brother for for telling me that. Yeah. Heel. Brother Owen and I watched it and watched it and watched it, and I'm left-handed and it was my left-hand side that went. So I started right and taking notes of my right hand. What was relatable was so yeah. relatable, and things that I could do. So I started doing breath work, started doing visualization, started doing all of that. And I knew I could feel it in me. Okay. Something's changing, something's changing. I believed in what I was doing. Mm. And I believed, no, it's the surrendering, it's the surrendering. And I had to just instead of always doing, I was always very much a doing, a doing person yeah. and yeah. pushing through. This time I had to sit back, literally. Yeah. But I knew I would always have to smile, just be still with myself. Yeah. Do you know? Um, but it's definitely a higher power. It's mm. definitely your mm. energy. And that's before I knew the actual neuroscience. It was like my energy is all over the place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you have to be ready as well. And I suppose to people listening to this, they may be going through something. And, you know, even hearing your story, but out there it may be like oh I just surrender and say it but a deep surrender is like what you said and I remember when on my journey it's you feel it in your body so you may be trying to surrender now but you mightn't be fully ready but when you are you feel it and like you said you knew something you knew there was a difference absolutely absolutely and it is it's tuning into how does my body feel? Yeah. How does my body feel? Okay. And it's not carrying that shame. It's not carrying that shame. Like I always say, feel it. Just feel it. Mm. Sit with it. See it. If you sit, if you see it to feel it, you'll heal it. Mm. It's when we push it and ignore it and try and distract and keep doing and going against what our body's telling us, we got into trouble. Yeah. So now it's like, how does my body feel? Oh, then I can work with that. Wow. Yeah. So it's see it, notice it, allow it, sit with it, don't run from it. Feel it, allow the space to feel it. Don't be. Yeah, yeah. Let the lion in and the lion stop roaring. Mm. The lion stop roaring. Amazing. And when you got home then and you had started your training courses, could you feel Erin's, pre- like, did you feel Erin's presence with you the whole time? Like, you it, knew- it, thank you for asking that. Yeah. Because 
as soon as I surrendered, that's when I knew I could feel her. Yeah. Do you know the way people would say, like, you know, you know from losing David, yeah. you know, can you feel, can you feel him? And I would, no. And then I'd be like, why is everybody feeling and feeling like the person's there and I can't? Yeah. Because I was so heightened in my nervous system. But when I surrendered, I was like, this is, this is from everything higher. Aaron is, Aaron is like, I, this is, I have to find my purpose again. I have to find a purpose. Life is in purpose. I have to find it again. And yes, I completely, and now I can see her. I can just see her all the time. I see her all the time. I meditate and she's in. And I feel her, do you know? Um, So yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely feel her. I do feel her. And I know that. And I used to get so annoyed, you know, people say, oh, uh, I, I really wish for this thing to happen. I'm having a bit of a hard time. I'm going to pray there. And I'm like, no, leave her alone. She suffered enough for this here. Mm. Right now I just have chats with her. I'm like, everybody, you can chat to her. Yeah. Chat to her now. We're all chatting to her, you know, to have daily chats with her. And it's yeah. Wow. Mm. And you went, so you went then and you studied in neuroscience and it was because you could see what you were doing that it sparked like a passion in you absolutely when we were getting lectures and they were showing us how the nervous system works and then when you're in the higher dorsal so there's fight flight fawn and freeze yeah people just think there's fight or flight there's fight flight fawn and freeze i was going from fight flight to freeze fight flight to freeze so the over nervous well, well and i was watching it and i literally i'm very visual here yeah and I remember sitting in the chair watching and listening to me lectures and watching this piece. Joe Dispenza's walked up, really, he really articulates it really well. Yeah. And I was sitting there and it was like I could see, I could see what was happening from the trauma yeah. to when she died to the, to the torn yeah. and to what was happening. And it was fascinating. Yeah. And I was like, then I burst into gratitude and I was like, I'm doing it. Yeah. I'm doing that. I'm rewiring. I understand it, what I'm doing. Yeah. Yeah. And then college was amazing because they don't just teach you the neuroscience and what to do with clients. They did it to us. Wow. But that journey was so valuable for me. Mm. Do you know? And it's all down to limit beliefs. Mm. It was all down to limit beliefs. Like if you think of the trauma, the limit beliefs where you feel you're stuck. Mm. Yeah. The limit beliefs, this is never going to end. Yeah, it's always going to end. It's that we choose when you're ready. It's that you choose and you see, I can do this. Mm. The awareness piece, isn't it really? Being aware to know that you can. And what you're willing to accept as well. Like everything you've said that on, I remember from my journey, it was like, my life is over. This is going to define me. And I needed to be there for a while. And I needed, like you were, you know, and that's where I needed to be. But choice is massive. And I know yeah. conversations, you know, you know, outside of this, this podcast and choice is something that everyone I speak to who has overcome a really traumatic time in their life, it all comes back to choice. They have chosen on some level to make the choices that have changed their life. Mm-hmm. you know to change them limiting beliefs to 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 bring joy back in yeah and I never forget the question and this is around choice as well I asked myself well how is this working out for you Lydia yeah it's not so either stay down here for life 
your family will suffer. Would Aaron really want that? No. You dedicate this time now to absolutely, I had to disappear. Everybody was like, Lily, where are you? And I was like, sorry, I'm not available. Yeah. I had to disappear and go in and do the work. And then we teachings from my college, really implement them in. Because we can know what we know. We can learn. We can be full of knowledge. But that's, that knowledge is for the mind. If we don't do it, we can't be. Yeah. So the tools were a blessing. And I always, 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 always say, right? Understanding your nervous system. Yeah. How it's operating. Allows you to understand yourself. And that brings you to the healing. Yeah. It's an, it doesn't matter. Take away from the stories. How is my nervous system operating? Just don't go into nobody come into comparison of whose story is bigger. We all have the one nervous system. So you can rewire for that. And I know, like, you know, I've been crying. As I said, it was our anniversary, yeah. Yeah. you know, yeah. a week and a half ago. Then it was Mother's Day and then it's our birthday. So I'm a little bit emotional as it is. But say old way of operating, Lydia, when I was in the higher dorsal, the peak of my nervous system, the way I was operating, I push through that and pretend everything's fluffy. Where I allow it to flow now, so I'm back in that ease. So you can pull that nervous system back, you know, and yeah, it just, and I never forget being in the wheelchair. And I said to mommy, get me a vision board, go to Mr. Price and get me a vision board and all my magazines. I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to manifest. Yeah. What's next. So I started building excitement for life. And when I had the neuroscience, I was like, you know what? Wow. This needs to be taught everywhere. Everybody can heal. Everybody has yeah. the ability and I love how the neuroscience you have the factual evidence of the Reiki and that yeah. we're all energy yeah do you know mm. how long did it take you from you know being in the hospital and coming home in order for you to like fully walk again and do um I happened in the uh, first week of March and actually came up in my Google memories last week. I was explaining to my community. It came up in my Google memory. You know the Google photos yeah, and videos? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it came up um, me in rehab. So it took me from, to be fully out of the wheelchair, from March to July. Wow. No, September, September, sorry, September, because we went on holidays. Yeah, my, my a thing I had put on my manifesting board was to go yeah. to Italy. It was always my dream place to go. And I was like, oh, yeah. I won't be going there now yeah. because I'm in the wheelchair. My husband brought me. Yeah. And the picture is on it. And we were actually went to that place. Wow. It was profound. I'll show it to you again. It was profound. The yeah. cabin, cabin I have now, I manifested all this in the wheelchair. Mm. And mommy and everybody was like, do you not think you should learn to walk yet? <laughs> he's learned to walk of course and I was like I trust in the universe yeah. I trust in my energy I trust in, in this path I, I felt the shift like you say feeling I felt a whole shift in myself wow so did you and I suppose for people listening to this uh you know and I had someone on last week and very similar that they had just had this belief I'm going to walk again I'm going to do all these things I could see it and it didn't matter what anyone says. It, no. it was the feeling within them that was like, actually, no, you know, and it's hard to explain that, isn't it, to someone? It's so hard, Kira, And I know you get that. Yeah. It's so hard. But do you know what? I, I put a post up on Instagram this week about, you know, the word understanding. Yeah. Well, I like to call it inner standing. OK. And the reason why I call it inner standing, if you think about the neuroscience and understanding yourself. It's we humans tend to look outside of ourselves. Mm. Okay. Yeah. 
when we look inside, it's inner standing. It's it's understanding your inner self. Yeah. Okay. Accepting it and doing the work and doing it with compassion and doing it with empathy. Because the Irish thing is really to carry a lot, you know, we carry shame and we carry mm-hmm. limiting beliefs, we're conditioned. It's peeling off all those layers, you know, like an onion, it's yeah. peeling off all those layers and learning who you are authentically. Mm. And it's 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 just the knowing I know found the purpose again. My children deserve this. Yeah. They've had a heart. And that I want them to be able to look back that if anything hits them in life, anything, God forbid, but you know, even when they're teenagers or yeah. they fall in love and they might get hurt, they're going to be, I would I my purpose is to be an example mm. now. I know I'm solid in myself now. And I always, the work doesn't stop. I do it every day. You have yeah. to do it consistently. If I don't, if I stop doing the work, you know, the trauma can easily, co- like it doesn't come back to the level, but you can have, you can get peaked. So you build the self-awareness and keep consistently the work. But I want to be an example for the children. They look and go, no, I'm not going to let this get me down. They'll allow to have space for it and allow it in and let the heart and let it flow. Yeah. Okay. And it's okay to cry. And yeah. it's okay to say I'm not okay. But that they they see that they know the resilience that they can always get back up. Mm. But I always I always teach them, and I always do it with them. How is your body feeling mm. when this happened? Yeah, tuning into the nervous system and the sensation. That's I think the way forward. The neuroscience is the way forward to noticing how the body feels because that's the way. Again, it's the non communication. It's the feeling. Yeah, and the body will always tell you, and like. I don't know from listening to your story there's a massive link isn't it isn't there from Erin who taught you you know that and them non-verbal as in she showed you could feel the love you you didn't Mm -hmm. need to communicate with her Mm -hmm. and now you're doing this work to help other people to show them how your body and your nervous system how you can heal that would yeah, you rewire and manipulate and replace and this so you did it exactly to 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 reframe it and yeah. kind of bring it all together so this is exactly here thank you for saying that yeah. because when you so just going back to all of this i see it as an infinity sign okay you say it started here with yeah. the journey with aaron okay about the yeah. non-communication yeah. the feelings the knowing yeah and this is the work i'm doing yeah so with clients and myself i say with clients you're trained to listen to what's not being said. Yes. Yeah. You're watching the body. You're asking them to know what's what's coming up for you. Sensations, all of that. Okay. And you manipulate the neuroplasticity. So it's them tuning in and allowing them to get the answers. Cause we live in a world where everybody's telling everybody and telling everybody what to do. You're the expert on your life. Yes. Yeah. You are. And you know, it's, 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 it that, it's that infinity sign that Erin is along with me in this work, for yeah. sure. But I love the science. I love the science of the proof because I'm very factual as well. Yeah, yeah. Even though I love me Reiki and I love and its energy, but how you can explain it scientifically is amazing. Mm. Do you know? And we're all energy beings and that's what we are. As I always say to the clients, this is just the matter. Yeah. Body's just the matter. Yeah. We're all energy, so it's vibes. It's you know, yeah. it's about well, what your energy is trying to teach you. And that's what Aaron called. Wow, 
Mm -hmm. Oh, and she was like, she is still a beautiful angel in this world, guiding you and, you know, everyone she, every life she touched here. And I believe, you know, like David, that, that I was gifted this journey to do the work in order to be the light to help others. Would you resonate with that then? Absolutely. And that's integrity, isn't it? Yeah. It's It's the integrity piece. Why would you keep it to yourself? Yeah. It's so meaningful, like here, the work you do. Yeah. It's like we're waking up every day with meaning and fulfillment. And all our agenda is, is to spread that word and show people the way. And that's it. Yeah. And like, I literally do be like, I say a proud coach, but when I see me clients and they come back and they say, Lydia, oh my God, you know, whatever they say, I can't share. Mm but they see the shift and they realize and I teach them the tools and showing them how their nervous system is operating and everything like that. And they're tuning into that feeling. Yeah. Okay. So it's the non, it's a non-communication of tuning into how does my body feel and value and my energy. Mm. I'm, I, I, I'm, I'm born in the boats to me limit and beliefs. I'm becoming unconditioned and that limitless. And they start to believe them fluffy words as everyone thinks. But there's scientific ways to get there. There's energy ways, you know, it's, 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 we are the universe we're all one yeah yeah we're all one Mm. so yeah would you have any advice for I suppose anyone right now who might be struggling or might be going through something and might think this is it they might be like where you were being really stuck and just thinking this is now my life Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. really the advice I would give get to know your nervous system look at stuff implement them stuff that you know is it's not your fault that's a limit and belief there's nothing wrong with you and I mean that in not dismissing that you're going through this horrible time because it's horrendous let's be fact like let's be really real here it's it's torturous okay acknowledging it okay acknowledging it but knowing the mind and your thoughts is conditioned for you to believe it's your fault it's not it's how your nervous system's operating look at the beliefs you're carrying and i always do this exercise it's from byron katie we learned it in college okay the belief i'm or the story i'm telling myself is it true get out a pen and piece of paper is it true do you actually know it to be true okay where's your evidence no evidence is not true. Gentle with yourself, but really understanding the nervous system. And when you see there's no evidence, it will never last forever. Value yourself. Put yourself forth. Get your boundaries up and decide. Look at your wart. You know what? I'm going to do this for myself. Whoever you connect with that's going to help you to implement your healing, connect with them. Connect with a professional that you feel connected because the connection is important okay and learn about your beliefs that you're carrying okay um have that compassion for yourself look living at living by priority daily so i always say ask yourself these three questions or living by priority okay so what do i need to do today what do i have to like what do i want to do and then what do others want me to do? And putting yourself forth is not selfish. No. Actually on this healing journey, you know. Um, 
yeah, it, it, and, and, and just really getting to really know yourself. And it's, it's not going to, it's going to take time, not in the quick fix. Like everybody sees a perception of, oh my God, she was there and now she's here. And we all perceive that that happens overnight. It's not, you have to commit to yourself. Yeah, yeah. And, and thanks for sharing that because that's my intention with this podcast is it doesn't happen overnight. And it's not that you just one day wake up and you're like, whoa, I'm here. You know, you and I, and we have made a commitment to ourselves. And no matter what has been thrown at us, we have pushed through that and we've we've we have tools and like that it's you know you're doing things every day and so am I yeah but it's really making that commitment and and when things get difficult or when you want to give up or when there's a resistance it's pushing through and saying well actually no I value myself I deserve more than to just survive here and yeah. like you, you, you made that choice as in, no, I, I need, I, I deserve to do more for, for me, for my family, for my kids. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And tune into even, and that's exactly it here. And you yeah. explained it beautifully. Yeah. And, and, and it's, you know, looking at, I know everybody sings about gratitude. Yeah. yeah. Right. I know. And people are probably going to be like, oh, how can you be grateful when you're at rock mm. bottom? Okay, really pulling your support in. So the main thing I would say, even to come more into is, please don't bury it. Mm. You're only fooling yourself. And it's so tiring on your energy and your time. Yeah. Bring, drop your shoulders and say, I need help. Yes. Yeah. The stigma, there is sometimes stigma with mental health, but the right people will be there for you. They will. Yeah. And believe in that. And just saying, help me. There's no shame in it. That's generational beliefs. Yeah, you know it's okay to feel. Pull your support in, and and just allow yourself that space, as you say. Allow yourself that space. Mm. And if we think in lack, we're going to live in lack. Mm. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? If we if 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 we think, even if we have a tiny tiny belief, things can change. Really, really will it really will I believe you know the universe is working for us the universe is working for us and um, just do whatever I mean I could go into the neuroscience I could go into Reiki I could go into all of that but I never like to tell people exactly what to do but it's understanding your nervous system understanding energy and that is your nervous system that's your being that's your soul that's everything it's everything all in one yeah you know and being able to I suppose find the space to go within but if your body is in trauma you can't do that so it's it's working through some of that in order to be able to drop in there because mm. that's where all your answers are and nobody else can do this work for you you and I will hold space and, and we'll will be a guide but it's for you to to drop into there um mm. Lydia this, it's just been the most amazing conversation and I just am so grateful to be able to have held the space and you know for you to show all of yourself and you know your authenticity and to share your journey and you know you've been through so much and 
to now be able to help guide someone through and have your beautiful angel Erin by your side <laughs> guiding you. And I don't need to tell you this because I know you know that she is so proud of you and will never leave your side and be your beautiful light um and I'm just so proud that that we've connected and I believe the two of them are up there being like them two now yeah and I do I actually do I'm like just be having some crack up there but thank you for being vulnerable for being authentic and just being your beautiful self and yeah that that's that's healing in itself but just before we go where can people find you or you know if someone's listening to this and their their neuroscience something within them is like oh I'd love to know more because yeah yeah if you want to look at the limiting beliefs that you hold and you want to understand so I specialize in manipulating and rewiring the nervous system understanding that and giving you tools to implement to manipulate that so you can find me on instagram my website's getting built at the moment so it's lydia cleary dot neurocoach or facebook but i'm mostly on instagram okay. <laughs> um and look at if i can be a support to anybody and you know healing your healing can happen you just have to be ready and really want some change and there it's yeah. there and yeah. you do one-to-one work and you do you I do I do one-to-one work. work I do one-to-one work um with clients and I do, I do workshops and rewired programs and yeah we, we I do lots of that and then we do the I do the Reiki as well the cabin the cabin is quite busy wow. <laughs> transforming but uh yeah I do that and um it can be on zoom or you're welcome to come in the midlands to the cabin whichever and yeah Amazing. I need to share something else because I know there's people who listen to this who could be from anywhere. But don't you do um I don't know, is it monthly or two weekly meetups at out um is it at a lake where you can come and do yes. You? So I have we have a community in the Midlands. So um I, I was I was I was just really quickly um the last yeah. two years I was thinking about you know mental health. I'm so passionate about yeah. as you can imagine from the whole yeah. story, I don't need to go in and trauma how it operates your nervous system yeah. and how it can work. The Midlands never had anything. Yeah. Lockdown and COVID and everything like that. So I built a community. It's the Sunshine Community. Okay. So Sunshine Well. It's Sunshine where you can dip into the well and, you know. Yeah. And there's a community. So far, there's there's 90-something of us, but there's 47 active. Wow. So we meet up every Monday. We're in the cabin. Anybody's welcome to come. We do healing circles, meditation circles. I do rewired workshops, teaching nervous systems, beliefs, everything that we go on hikes. We go to the lake. We do yoga. We do the ice baths with John. We do coaching work. We do, we just, we're living life. Lovely. (laughs) And all enabling the mindset. And I teach them the tools. And then we all share with each other. And it's amazing. It's a great sense of community. And the Midlands really needed it. So that was my purpose, yeah amazing oh Lydia thank you so thank you so much Kira um yeah I'm gonna thank you thank you